You're listening to a podcast from Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, whose mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Okay, so we're going to kick off a, a new series today entitled, We Have Seen a Great Light. Uh, it's going to be a thematic series, uh, which typically we do during the Advent season. Um, now there, when you read the Bible, there's these themes that run throughout God's story, uh, and you'll, you'll see them pop up throughout the story. And so covenant is a big theme throughout the story of God, kingdom, uh, the priesthood, incarnation. You know, these, are, these are, are themes that the story kind of follows. Well, there's also a theme of light that runs throughout the story of God. So that's the theme that we're going to follow during this Advent series. Uh, one of the unique things about this series is we are doing it in conjunction with five other churches. Um, I host a monthly pastor's gathering for uh, CB churches in our area, and, um, and so I approached those guys like six months ago and said, hey, what do you guys think about doing a, seri- a teaching series together uh, during Christmas time? Because it's just kind of something I've always wanted to do and pick other uh, preachers' brains about what that would look like. And so we came up with this series, we worked through it, uh, and came up with a theme. And so starting today, uh, we, us with five other churches, are all preaching the exact same uh, messages. So it's just one more way we can partner. There's, always, there's also some pulpit swap that's going to go on between the churches, which is, uh, which is really, really helpful. So today we're going to start off the series with the creation of light in Genesis 1. Uh, next week we'll talk about how God called his people to be a light to the nations. Then we're going to talk about how Isaiah prophesied that that light would become a person, this wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God in the book of Isaiah. And then the, the Sunday before Christmas, uh, we'll talk about how the light became the glory of the Lord in the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're not going to be doing a Christmas Eve service uh, this year. And so it'll be four messages. And so I encourage you guys to, to stick with it over the next four weeks so that you can be a part of the, the whole story of light throughout the scripture. Uh, one helpful resource that we're giving you guys is this handy dandy little booklet. I say giving you, I'd love for you to buy it, but if you don't have money, you're welcome to take it. Um, last year, uh, we promoted this. It's an Advent uh, reading, daily reading devotional. It's 25 days. Um, written by a guy named Tim Chester, uh, and it's called The One True Light. And he goes through the Gospel of John, particularly John 1, and he does a 25-day devotional on just John 1. Um, and so you can pick these up. They're $6, uh, which is probably cheaper than you can buy them online. Uh, they're out in the foyer if you haven't got one. If you don't have the money, you're welcome just to take one. Um, but I want you guys to be reading through this because John is a book that we've been teaching through for the last you know, four months, uh, three, four months. Uh, Now we can go into the holidays having such a rich understanding of what John is trying to say in his gospel, how it points toward Jesus Christ, and a handy-dandy little booklet. Pick that up also. Love you guys to do that. Okay, so what's the darkest place that you've ever been? And I mean like physically dark, not spiritually dark. Try to think about it in your mind. Darkest place you've ever been. Um... You ever been hiking in Apes Cave? You know, like Apes Cave is like super dark when you turn off the lights. 
Uh, you ever been out in the woods at nighttime and it gets dark? Chris told a story about it getting dark way faster than he thought it was one time when he was running. It can get really dark when you're in the woods. When I thought about the darkest place I've ever been, I thought about the bonus room at my cousin's house growing up. It was a dark place. See, my, my aunt and uncle had this house that was built into a hillside. So it had this one room off of the garage that was actually underground, and it didn't have any windows in it. And it was basically the kids' playroom for all of us growing up. And I spent a lot of time over at my, my aunt and uncle's house. We were really close to, to my, uh, my, my mom's sister. Well, what we would do in this room, me and my brother and my two cousins, all boys, all about the same age, which is a recipe for disaster. We would go into this room. We'd turn out the lights in the garage that was next door so that when you close the door in the bonus room, there was no light, right? I mean, you could not see your hand in front of your face. And then we would proceed with a massive pillow fight in the pitch black. There was this one pillow that we all would fight over because it was a feathered pillow. And you could push all the feathers down to one end. And when you smack somebody with that thing, I mean, they felt it, right? So imagine turning out all of these lights and then we just started swinging, right? You couldn't see anything. You didn't know where anybody was. You didn't know where the pillows were coming from. It was epic. And the game always ended when we broke something or someone, right? The Bible starts out with this picture of just black chaos, right? In the beginning, before God created anything, it was just dark. That was the reality of existence, was darkness. But in the darkness, in the chaos, God decided to do something. Let's read what God does here in Genesis 1, 1 through 5. It's going to be up on the screen. Feel free to follow along. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without, without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. I love the way the Bible starts off. In the beginning, God. Like every epic story, the story of the Bible starts introducing you to the main character of the Bible. It's God. Human beings are not actually the main characters of the Bible. We're in the story and we're an important part of the story, but God is the, is the main character. That's why it's called the story of God. Now, I was talking with my girls about this this past week. And one of them asked a really good question. Dad, who created God? Right? It's a great question. And I told them, well, God was not created by anyone or anything. He has always existed. He did not form over billions of years of willing himself into existence. He just always had been. Well, how can I say things like that? Well, Revelation 1.8 is a great example of this. This is the God talking about who he is. I am the Alpha and the Omega, right? The beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. See, the story of God 
It's a story about God, a perfectly loving, perfectly just being that has always existed and will always exist. He is the only thing that has always existed and will always exist. Now, this is a hard concept for us to wrap our minds around because we're finite beings. That means we cannot imagine anything beyond the reality that we see right in front of us. But we try to. Oh man, do we ever try to live forever or to be existing everywhere. I saw this in a real simple way just the other week. I was helping Jamie do a mailer for her work. So we're sitting on the bed, we're watching a show, and my job is to put stamps on the, on the mail. You guys ever done this? Just stamp, 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 stamp. You know, it's for her work. Well, then I looked down and actually decided, like, what does it say on one of these stamps? Does anybody know what it says on the stamps right now? Yeah, we'll put it up here on the screen. USA forever. Wow. Now, I'm, I'm all about nationalism, but that's a little presumptuous, right? Forever? We're teaching our girls about the Roman Empire right now at home, and I'm sure they thought they would be around forever too, right? We can't imagine a reality beyond our own, but there is only one forever entity, and it is the triune God. Now, why even make that point? And here's why this is so important. And this is why starting off a series just like about Advent is so important just to talk about God. Because when we realize who God is in his eternality, it then puts everything in its right perspective. See, when I realize or when we realize who God is, then all of a sudden these stressful family relationships that creak up during the holidays, all of a sudden those get put in their right perspective. When I realize who God is, then that desire to go out and purchase things that give me worth and value is put in its right perspective. When I realize that God has been and always will be, then those end-of-the-year deadlines at work and at school all of a sudden get put in their right perspective. When we realize who God is, even our favorite football team can shoot themselves in the foot and lose to their arch rival, taking themselves out of the national championship running, and you can be okay. Because it's all about putting everything in its right perspective. See, as we come upon the holiday season, we just need to put everything in its right perspective. That's one of the greatest things we can do during this Advent season. All the joy, all the challenges, there will be a beginning, there will be an end, except for God. God will always be. Now here's the cool thing about Genesis 1. That being, that eternal being decided to create something. It, he, he decided to make himself known. A being who had existed for an unknown amount of time, an unimaginable amount of time, decided to do something. He created. Let's look at it in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There's something about creation that points back to the creator. When, you're, when your kids are small, they, they create works of art all the time, 
right? Just you have so much of this stuff. You sit them down at a table, you give them a piece of paper and a pencil, and they just start drawing circles, right? And you're so impressed. You're like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, that's awesome. You even take it and pin it on the fridge, right? The circles, because the child could hold a crayon and could draw circles, right? Now, when you think about it, it's not that impressive, right? They're just doing the basic. But then the cool thing is, as they grow and develop, their ability to create grows and develops over time. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I think about Natalie just had her end-of-the-year violin concert. And so we went to the concert, and it was by far the most beautiful-sounding concert that I've ever been to as Natalie has learned to play the violin over the years. We sat there and we're like, wow, that sounds good. You know, when I sit in my office, I can hear Natalie upstairs practicing her violin. And I'm like, wow, that sounds really good. Why is that important? Because there was a couple of years there where it sounded like someone was strangling a cat upstairs, right? But, but the creator is creating and it sounds it's better and better. See, that's what creation is meant to do. It brings admiration to the creator. And God is the greatest creator imaginable. Now, being made in his image, we can create. We can play violin. Billy can play the harmonica. But it, it, it has no comparison to what God can do. You know, I, I look at the St. John's Bridge, and I'm like, that's a cool creation. But it can't compare to the sunset behind it. I like to take walks in my neighborhood and look at the houses. I like the different styles of homes in the neighborhood. It's, it's impressive, but it can't compare to taking a walk in the woods and looking at the trees and the variety of nature. Creation is meant to leave us in awe of the Creator. And when God created light, He created something that we have no control over. We can't control over when the sun rises and when the sun sets. It was set in motion by a divine being, a divine creator. And our response to God should be, wow, God created. What's so interesting, though, is not just that God created, but Genesis 1 tells us how God created. Look at verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Words are powerful things. My words yesterday during the, champ- during the game were powerful words that could either bring love and admiration or sheer hatred when someone misses a field goal at the end of a game, right? Words are powerful. Words can convey love and words can convey hatred. But you know what? I've never created anything with my words. I've never created a tree with my words. I've never created a star with my words. God, God spoke and order was brought out of chaos. Purpose entered into creation. Light was brought out of darkness. Can you see the intentionality of God? even from the very beginning. Well, here's what I found so interesting about the creation of light. When God creates light in Genesis 1, it doesn't come from the sun, moon, and stars. Think about it. He doesn't create them until day four. 
So the light that God creates actually flows from Himself. So God's first creation was to reveal Himself. It was to make Himself visible. And what's so cool is the Bible starts with God revealing Himself, light emanating from Him, and the Bible ends with God radiating light from Himself. Look at it in Revelation 22, 5. It says, And the night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. See, the story of God is a story about God making himself visible, radiating so that he can be seen and there will be a day in the future when God's creation will just bask in that radiant glory. Well, why does God care about being seen? Because if he is a generous, benevolent, divine being, to know that being and to see that being would be the greatest gift that you could possibly give your creation. And throughout the story of God, God chooses to reveal himself in very specific ways over and over again. Make himself known. He shows himself to Adam and Eve. He reveals himself to Adam and Eve, not just in the garden, but in his presence there. He reveals himself to Cain and Abel, to Seth. He reveals himself to Noah and to Moses. And and then we start seeing examples of of God using light to reveal himself, the burning bush to Moses. Uh, To the nation of Israel, it was fire and lightning on Mount Sinai. To the wise men, it becomes a star. To the shepherds, it's going to become a blaze of glory. God wants to be seen. But God just doesn't want to be seen in creation. God doesn't want to just be seen in, uh, in, in when we pick up the Bible and read about these old stories that happened a long time ago. The clearest revelation of God is in Jesus Christ. See, John makes this connection. Imagine John, he's lived his life with Jesus. Jesus has died. John's an old man now, and he's thinking back on this story, and he's, he's reading all the Old Testament text, and the apostle John, he's thinking about all this theme of light and how God created light and then God came to the nation of Israel as light and called them to go out and then he saw Jesus as the light of the world and, and Jesus kept using that, that language to describe himself. So when John sits down to write his gospel, he picks up on that theme and look what he says. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word for God used here in John 1 and in Genesis 1 is Elohim. It's a plural noun in the Hebrew. So it's not one, it's not Yahweh. It's Elohim. I am, a, I am a plural being. And this is important because God wasn't alone in creation. He existed in this holy trinity of Father, Son, and Spirit. Well, what's the significance? Why is John telling us that Jesus was there in the beginning when God created light? Because John knows what the light is meant to shine upon. This word, God said, let there be light, but that God was actually this trinity that was there in that moment. 
And so Jesus, God creates light, and Jesus is like, I know what's coming. I, I know what he's doing. I know, I know what, what's going to be shining at some point. See, the Father is the architect, but Jesus is the plan. From the very beginning, the light was meant to reveal God, and the clearest revelation of God is Jesus. When God created light, it was so that we could see Jesus. When God spoke, it was to ultimately so that we could hear Jesus. When God came to earth, it was so that we could know Jesus. He is the answer to the darkness. And it's not just a physical darkness out there. It's a spiritual darkness in here. John in his letter will go on to make the point that we all live in the darkness, but we're being invited into the light. And the longer that I live, the darker I see my humanity. It was amazing how upset I got over that football game yesterday. It was crazy. It's a football game. I was just beside myself, right? There's no amount of meditation or positive thinking that will cure the disease of sin. But thank God, there's something so much bigger than me out there. There's this plan to redeem all things. Thank God that He is a good being who revealed Himself. Thank God that this holiday season, we can remember how He demonstrated His love to the world by coming into it. Thank God that we can have hope that one day there will be no more darkness And we will all get to bask in the glory of the Lord together. I want this to to just reorient your purposes this holiday season. I need that more than anything else. I need to remember what this story is all about. And it's about God. Now we have a choice to see God for who he really is. God revealed himself so clearly, will we embrace him for the eternal being that he is? Billy and Tara are going to head back up here. And what I want to do is I'm just going to read over you guys Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians, Paul describes the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I don't know a better way to start off a series than just reading Scripture and letting the Word of God wash over us so that we'll see God for who He is. So I'm going to have Rick turn down the lights. The words are going to be up here on the screen, but I just pray that you guys will, will receive this and in so doing, receive the glory of the Lord. Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20. He is the invi- image of of the invisible God, the firstborn among all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things, hold to, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, And in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, 
the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. As you come and receive communion now, I just want you to come in a position of gratitude. Thank you, God, for what you did. Because I was once in darkness, and now I've seen the light. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, thank you for your glorious light. Thank you that you chose to reveal yourself. You didn't need to do that. You weren't, there wasn't something missing in your life. You lived in this perfect relationship for an unimaginable amount of time. But yet, you chose to create, and you chose to create something that could love you or that could hate you. And you made a way for your creation to come to you. And now we just sit back and we bask in the glory. And Father, my request to you would be that as we, as we enter into this Advent season with, with all the good and all the, the challenges, would, would Christ be preeminent? Would he be at the, the forefront of our minds and all of the gifts and all the time with the family and uh, all the, the joys that come with it? Would we see you for who you are? And then my request would be that everything else would just fall in its right place. That just as Jesus was, was the peace, the prince of peace, would we be a people of peace? Would we be a people of hope, people of joy? And would your light radiate through us? We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please visit us at www.redseachurch.org or contact us at info at redseachurch.org.